Praise God, we uh, began a message on uh, Wednesday evening on the challenges of establishing a godly home today. We're going to continue here this morning. So we're going to uh, read again from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 24, starting in verse 37. But as the days of Noe were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noe entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Turn back to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 7. <clears throat> By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Amen. The second part of our message, raising a godly family in these last days. Father, we thank you here this morning for truth, and truth maketh free. We ask, Lord, that you would sanctify us by your truth, by your word, Father, that we would have ears to hear, that we would be prepared, Father, or that we would be drawn unto yourself, that you might speak to us, that you might equip us and harness us, that we might, Lord, save, Lord, or through your instruction and direction. Lord, that that ark would be provided to the saving of our households, Father, that we would be sensitive to your voice, particularly as men and as fathers, that we would seek your face, that we would know your perfect will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. amen. So Wednesday evening we laid a foundation and we established the basic premise that through scriptural principles, for marriages and families and homes, uh, those things are immutable or unchanging, amen? E- but each generation presents its unique spiritual challenges, amen? We addressed the vast moral and spiritual, cultural changes that have occurred just in one generation. And this is certainly a different America than, uh, than I was raised in. And it's a different America than um, I raised my children in. So just in these short years since we've started the, the church, uh, really vast changes have taken place. We also consider the sweeping technological advancements that constantly offer us convenience, but often at the expense of high-level maintenance and diligent oversight, especially if we have younger children in the home. Again, we pointed out that Jesus warned that the last days, the days in which we live, would be very much like our days, amen, the days right before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, Noah, a man, amen, alone in his generation, uh, found grace in the eyes of God, and he prevailed in preparing an ark 
to the saving of his house. So we are looking for spiritual patterns and principles that Noah exercised here in his quest for family salvation, things that we might learn and emulate. Amen. We continue this morning where we left off, and we we're still addressing the first observation here. There must be a divinely influenced vision. Amen. And that is, of course, to the heads of households. Amen. Particularly to men. But those of you who do not have husbands, I believe God can speak to you as well. Praise God. But you must hear from God. Amen. There has to be a plan and a vision for the family. Amen. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. So as Noah, the patriarch of his family, he was sensitive to hear from God, being warned of those things yet not seen. Likewise, we need to be open and responsive to the voice of God today. Amen. So as finite beings, none of us can see things that have yet not been seen. Amen. And so that leaves us, amen, even the most resourceful and wise, ill-prepared to perfectly implement solutions for future problems. Even with Bible in hand, if we don't know what specific circumstance we'll find ourselves in, we are hard-pressed to accurately apply the Word of God. And this is where the ministry of God's Spirit comes into play. Yet we must be very careful to be sensitive and open to his spirit. We know the Holy Ghost can be grieved, amen? And we don't want to grieve the spirit of God, amen? We have to be inviting, hospitable, if you will, uh, to the spirit of God, being very careful not to grieve him, seeking his counsel, his guidance, his leadership. As Jesus said, and we pointed out last week in John 16 and 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So obviously, first of all, when we talk about hearing from God, knowing the will of God, being sensitive Amen. To the person of God. Amen. For us to truly hear, we must be submitted absolutely to the scriptures. Our only objective standard for truth. Jesus said in John 14 and 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Amen. So if a man refuses to obey the Bible, amen, he cannot claim to love God. And he cannot claim that he has a revelation of God. Amen. See, that disqualifies the bouncer, amen, at the strip club trying to teach us how to evangelize, amen, from the porch of a strip club. Amen. He, he cannot have a, he doesn't know God. Amen. He can't have a revelation. God hasn't manifested himself to him and he doesn't love God. In fact, in direct proportion 
to a man's submission to the scriptures is a man submitted to Jesus as Lord. Don't call Jesus Lord and do not the things which he says. Amen. Jesus is the word. If a man doesn't love the scriptures, he doesn't love Jesus. If a man doesn't obey the scriptures and submit to the scriptures, amen, then he doesn't obey and love Jesus. If he's not following the scriptures, he's not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So first of all, any of us need to recognize if we want to cultivate a sensitivity to God and his leading, amen, we first need to tremble at the word of God, amen. A man who ignores the scriptures, amen, is never going to be sensitive or be led or taught by the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. So you see these folks, amen, that uh, in the churches today, the churches very common, people that never show up to church, come once a month, don't pay their tithes, etc. But they want to stand up and prophesy, Sit down and shut up. Amen. You don't obey the Bible. You're not hearing from God. We don't need to hear anything from you until you show first show that you can simply obey what the scriptures say. Amen. Psalms 119 and 40. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. When there's a hunger and a thirsting after righteousness, when you love the word of God, and you desire, yearn to be obedient, it's then you're going to be quickened in righteousness, circumcised of heart, circumcised of ears, to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. If you can't hear the objective word of God that's clear for anyone to read, how are you going to hear the Spirit of God and discern His voice from your voice and the voice of the devil? Amen. If you can't obey the plain writing of the word of God, you're not going to be led of the Holy Ghost. So first of all, we must love, exalt, and obey the scriptures. But that's not all. To truly know God and his moment-by-moment application of the scriptures, we must be yielded and submissive to God's indwelling spirit. Amen. And I'm using that word indwelling, amen, because he needs to abide in us. We need to be filled, amen, daily with the Holy Ghost. We need to be praying that we're daily filled, and we need to be careful that we're not grieving his spirit, that we are communing with him, that we are, as it were, praying always, amen, that we are communing with God via his spirit. Romans 8 and 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. God wants to lead us moment by moment. Amen. Every decision. Amen. To warn us, to show us in the fork of the road which way to go and which way. Amen. To choose. The prophet Isaiah speaking for God. He foretold of this spirit-led benefit of the new covenant. He said, in thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Amen. That's speaking of a moment-by-moment experience, 
not just, amen, in the morning when you read the Bible. And I'm not disesteeming the scriptures. I'm simply saying the Holy Ghost is going to apply the scriptures, amen, to, to the word of God as we negotiate life moment by moment, amen. And this is an important factor, amen, in establishing or preparing an ark, amen, for the saving of your household. No one is going to walk around with you day in and day out and help you make decisions other than the Spirit of God. And you've got to have his wisdom, and you've got to have his mind, and you must be submitted to his wisdom and to his mind. You know, I was just thinking back to before we started this church and uh, many of us were in places that were basically, you know, sinking ships in the spirit, amen. And we saw, amen, as it were, the judgment that was falling and we heard the warning signs, amen. The boat that we were sailing on was never going to weather the coming storm. The whole structure was corrupted, amen. Families and their children were consistently being destroyed. Now you might say, well, we've seen a lot of families destroyed. We have seen a lot of people destroyed. But the difference is this. Amen. In those days and in those churches and in many churches, amen, people were destroyed because of what they were taught. Amen. Or what they weren't taught, their ignorance. Amen. Whereas in a good church, people are destroyed because they refuse what they're being taught. So you've seen people destroyed, but they're not destroyed because of what they're taught. They're destroyed because of their refusal of submission to what they're taught. That's not the way that it was, amen, before we started this church. Not to say this is the only church. I'm simply saying our experience, we were around a lot of apostasy, amen. We saw a lack everywhere, amen. We 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 saw the disorder, humanistic schooling, television, movies, lack of discipline in the children, where you would go to a fellow, children just running wild, amen, and, uh, you know, just uh, parents telling their children something, disobeying them over and over. There was no shame in disobedient children, youth groups, dating, amen, etc., and so forth. And God, through that, was telling us, you need to prepare an ark to the saving of your households, amen. You need to make it of gopher wood and pitch it within and without. God was speaking to our hearts, amen, and our vision for the family. We were motivated to find the perfect will of God in all things, to truly believe and practice the Bible, to establish our marriages and our homes to the glory of God, to simplify life, amen, to minimize distractions, to create an atmosphere of order and peace and discipline and holiness where the Spirit of God could reign supreme, amen. That's that's what we long for, amen, to establish homes where the Spirit of God, amen, could govern. Remember, amen, this wasn't what everyone 
was doing. And that's the experience of many people scattered, you know, across America where they can't find a church or, and when they begin to hear the Spirit of God to separate uh, themselves, pull their children out of public school, put some clothes on, set things in order, seek God, open that Bible, implement it, amen. That, that's not what everyone is doing, amen. It's exactly the opposite. It's what hardly anyone is doing. So, you know, for you uh, children that were raised here, you've been around this your entire life, and so it may not seem that radical to you, but we were dramatically going against the cultural current, even in the professing church, amen? We were hearing something completely different, amen? Everybody's got TVs, amen? If their children are not in public school, they're in parochial school or Christian school, amen? Uh, just immodest, women running the household, women working, amen, no discipline, uh, no, just a terrible uh, a situation. And we were in one of the better churches, but it began to apostatize, amen? And so, you know, homeschooling was not nearly as common then as it was or it is today. It, uh, you know, it's still looked at as being strange, I think, by many people. But uh, in those days, it was, you know, really a radical idea. And so you're throwing your TV out. You're pulling your children. You're planning. You know, before I had children, they're going to be homeschooled. Before I had children, they're going to be homeschooled. Amen. I, th- this was something, you know, that I knew before I had children. Before I was married, we're going to do it this way. Amen. And, uh, you know, again, I didn't see everything uh, completely, but the direction, the basic direction was definitely given to me by God. And so we were led in, in vastly different uh, directions than the religious norm. And we were fought at every turn, just in every decision. You're, you're too legalistic. You're uh, unloving, you're unmerciful, your children are going to choke under this. All I mean, just, and remember, I didn't have a father or uh, older men around me that had done this. Everybody around me that was older, they were telling me this is going to destroy my family. So I, I'll, you know, I'm an inexperienced parent. I've got uh, maybe Micah and, and maybe a Jude and constantly hearing uh, this disagreement or disapproval of the direction, the overall direction that you're taking. Amen. But I knew that God was speaking to me and I knew one thing. I don't want to do that. Amen. I'm not doing that. I'm going to do what the Bible says. Amen. And so it is. Only men who fully love God can find and discern the perfect will of God. You know, that's the truth. If a man doesn't fully submit himself to God, he'll grope around. He'll never find the perfect will of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus said, for they shall see God. You know, I've I've often cited this and I continue to say it, and it's something that I've seen 
uh, the further I've walked along with God. The root issue with men or people in general from hearing from God, being discipled, being taught, overcoming, enduring to the end is their heart condition. If the heart condition is not right, no one is going to help them. No one is going to be able to ultimately teach or keep them from destroying themselves. Perhaps for a season in a church, there could be restraint. Amen. But ultimately, amen, if a person's heart is divided in any way, ultimately it is going to cost them severely. For the man who supremely loves God, the path is plain. But for the divided in heart, they tend to always be groping in the darkness. Amen. As it says in Job, there's a path which no fowl knoweth and which the vulture's eye hath not seen. Amen. It's that narrow way. And no one, no human being can see that apart from the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's that uh, narrow way that the carnally minded, no matter how clever, amen, and careful they are, can never consistently discern. And therefore, they tend to wander and fall into all sorts of pitfalls. And uh, if you think about Pilgrim's Progress, uh, a book probably only second to the Bible, and I know it's not inspired, but uh, a great book that really uh, you know, analogizes, amen, uh, the Christian walk, a journey, amen. And, you know, whenever they got apart from uh, being led by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, they fell into trouble, amen. And that trouble was always ultimately for their destruction if they weren't, amen, rescued, amen. So this is why uh, discipling double-minded men is so frustrating. They're just like chickens, amen, who roost outside of the coop on low branches, They may make it through many nights, amen, but sooner or later, amen, when it's dark and when they sleep, the fox is going to get them. Sooner or later, amen, they're they're too vulnerable to the danger and they'll fall. Amen. For knowing his family to avoid the flood meant fully surrendering to God and his plan, amen, which was the ark. And so that demanded a radical Commitment, and it revealed the nature of their heart, not merely, amen, in preparation, but also in practical execution. To board that ark meant separation from everything outside of the ark. So their focus, amen, was narrowed on the ark and those things associated with the ark. Do you see that? Amen. Once they committed, amen, to obey God and to prepare that ark and to build that ark, amen, that all their focus, amen, was directed to that ark and everything associated, amen, to the ark. To commit to the ark, left the world and everything under divine judgment outside and behind. Do you see what I'm speaking about? Noah, amen, a full commitment to God. That naturally resulted in a sensitivity to God. Amen. A sensitivity to his way, to his will, to his direction. 
moment by moment decisions. Hey, but he's never seen an ark, never seen a flood, doesn't know how to build this. I know that if God told me, amen, to build a house or build a car, build an engine, and I've never done any of that, I would need some instruction. I'd have a lot of questions. My focus, amen, would be narrowed down at the task at hand. And so it was Noah's commitment, amen, that narrowed down his focus and his sensitivity to God. It would have been almost impossible with that sort of commitment for for Noah to overlook the perfect will of God. Amen. He's so involved and he's so invested. Amen. You see, the man that loves God purely, amen, he 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 cannot, he's gonna find the will of God. Amen. He it's gonna find him, amen. But someone who's divided in heart, amen. They just grope around looking for the perfect will of God. But for everyone else, those and their families who perished, what exactly kept them from hearing from God? Because they weren't on the ark, amen, the day that the flood came. Is that right? And that's because they didn't hear from God. I'm sure there were many who said they were religious. I'm sure there were many who said they loved God. I'm sure there were many who said they prayed and sought God. Amen. But they didn't hear from God because if they'd have heard from God, they'd have been in that ark. The only people that heard from God that day was Noah and his family. But Jesus tells us why they weren't hearing from God. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came. In other words, they weren't forewarned about the things yet not seen. Only they knew there was a flood when they saw it and it took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now notice, it wasn't, you know, meth, (laughs) It wasn't heroin, wasn't crack. It wasn't strip clubs and porn or the lottery that kept these folks from being sensitive to God. No, Jesus summarizes the problem simply as eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Now we know Jesus meant exactly what he said. And Jesus knew what he was saying, amen? What was he trying to communicate? This represents simply life. Food and drink, basic essentials to survive. Marriage, family relationships. So in a phrase, family life and providing for my family. Both good things, both biblical things, but out of Proportion, amen. So, uh, you know, incidentally, I was looking at the two English words. I, I saw their giving in marriage. I thought maybe that means someone who's just given over. <laughs> but I, but I knew it probably didn't. I knew, I knew what it probably meant. It does. But still, it mean it's two different words for marriage. There, it's not the same word. 
One of it means someone personally getting married. The other one means giving your daughter in marriage. Amen. Which just really represents an obsession. Amen. With marriage or family. Amen. So, you know, that's an interesting thought. It's an amazing thing that though, uh, you know, those who would allow their family relationships to usurp their relationship with God will ultimately be the source whereby what they so passionately love will be destroyed. In other words, these folks were caught up with everyday life, trying to do good for their family. Amen. And what they actually did was destroy themselves and their family. Elsewhere in Scripture, this eating and drinking in marriage is referred to as the cares of this life. Amen. Making a living, taking care of family. Luke 21. Amen. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness. And of course, you know, speaking of gluttony and getting drunk, those things are wrong. Amen. But could it be that he's speaking here, drinking and eating, and maybe the thought of excess, overcharged with these natural things and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unaware. In other words, if your heart is overcharged with these things, Amen. Then you'll not see, amen, or not be warned of things yet not seen. For as a snare shall it come on all of them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Amen. And so, again, men, you don't have to go out here and commit adultery not to hear from God. All you have to do is be overcharged with the cares of this life. Perhaps the greatest snare of what I've seen over the years, one of the greatest snares of sifting people from the kingdom. You know, the other night at one of our Thursday meetings, uh, Brother Timothy made an astute observation, and he basically said, you know, the Bible says commitment with godliness is great gain. He said, but also the opposite must be true. Contentment without godliness is great loss. Amen. So that's why we should be seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen, because then all these things will be added to us. That's the order. Jesus first. Jesus always first. Jesus in every decision. Jesus, I choose you first. Amen. That's what seeking the kingdom of God first means. Most people have it backwards. Amen. Like the days of Noah, they are obscured by the urgent. And because they're obscured by the urgent, then they find no grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so it is, men, if we're overcharged or distracted with, that's what that means, the cares of this life, family relationships, making a living, 
houses and lands and trucks and cars and etc. and so forth. The perfect will of God or hearing the warning of those things not yet seen will be obscured and hidden from us. In fact, over the years I've seen this many times. The gateway into spiritual destruction is simply the culmination of a series of seemingly insignificant soft choices. And it's often not the conscious, not that people are trying to get out. I'm a, you know, and when a man makes a choice to go to a bar and get drunk, that's a conscious choice to get out of the will of God. No, but it's the unconscious that gets most people. Where it's not grossly wicked, it's just not the perfect will of God. There's not a sensitivity. There's not a cautiousness. There's not a seeking of God moment by moment. There's not an abiding government of God's spirit that is leading and directing. Amen. It's, if you will, to have at the center a propensity, a keen sensitivity to something other than God. I want you to hear, it's at the center. Amen. In the heart where there's a propensity or a keen sensitivity to something other than God to direct and lead. Because ultimately what we esteem the most, amen, and what we're consumed with, what we desire, what we want, ultimately that's going to set the tone and the direction in life for us. Is that right? That's right. And you're not going to overcome that. You can talk religion. You can quote the Bible left and right. You can come to this church. Jesus could be your pastor in the flesh. If that heart's not right, it's going to steer you out of the way. Amen. It's going to be idolatry. The prophet Hosea 4 and 12. My people as counsel at their stocks. And their staff declareth unto them. For the spirit of whoredoms hath caused them to err. And they have gone a-whoring from under their God. See, the problem was the heart. That's why they're asking counsel at their stocks. You know what a stock is? A stock is a piece of wood. In other words, a tree. And so when people say, you know, why, why would someone ask a tree anything? Well, you know, listen to me. Why ask? anything of anyone except for God. Why would a Christian be seeking counsel from anyone? You see, in essence, the scriptures speak of an idol here because the tree was the material they used to fashion their idols. Amen. What sort of fool would seek counsel from a tree? Amen. Well, seeking counsel is simply to esteem, honor, and to be influenced by. What you're influenced by is what's teaching you. What you're influenced by is what you're being counseled by. What you're influenced by, the choices that you make, if that choice is not spirit or God directed, then whatever directed you is Lord at that moment. Someone say amen. So seeking counsel is simply ultimately to be, you know, whatever we're influenced by is what we're counseled by. If we are overcharged with the cares of this life 
amen, then we are being counseled by those cares. Do you understand? Anything you're more sensitive to than the voice of God, you're going to be counseled by. Ever overcharged with the cares of this life, we will ultimately be influenced by, we'll take the counsel of those cares rather than God. And especially if it's not something overtly wicked, then we can easily convince ourselves, amen, that we're doing what God wants us to do. And those sort of decisions, most Christians will be able to get away with for a long time. But ultimately, they will culminate. Ultimately, incrementally, they will lead a man out of the perfect will of God. It will always lead ultimately to error. And I've seen it over and over again through the years. You know, never mind the blatantly unspiritual. But when you see those sort of individuals who tend to vacillate in the spirit, up, down, backward, forward, double-minded, unstable souls in their spiritual life, they, they may press in for a season, amen, and then they become sensitive to God, but then they tend to cool off and backslide, not backslide out in the world, but really not seeking God, amen, not sensitive to God, amen. And then they go through this cycle where they're shaken, amen, and they're awakened, and then they press in again. But during those seasons when they're not really spiritually attuned, they tend to make bad decisions, amen, in those spiritual low ebb and flow of the, of the spiritual life. And the devil, listen to me, when you're not seeing things straight, he wants you to make a lot of decisions, amen? Because see, then uh, when you get pressed back in, God's got to try to sort all that out. But if you don't seek God long enough and get sensitive to God long enough, he doesn't have time to sort that out. In other words, you'd be afraid of yourself. Because whether it's me, are you or any of us that are not governed by the Holy Ghost, our tendency is going to be to wander outside of the will of God. You don't have to go commit adultery and shoot up heroin to do that. Amen? While they're overcharged with the cares of this life and the spiritual life in waning, they make decisions that bring them in debt way beyond their means. Amen. They got their wives working to try to pay their debt off. And I know there's uh, women in here that have to work, their husbands abandoned, whatever it may be. But we know the perfect will of God is that a woman be a keeper at home. You know, my wife, when I, we, we, uh, were engaged to be married, uh, she worked as a hairdresser for a man in the church. He had a, a hair, a, a barbershop. It wasn't a barbershop. It was whatever you call it. But, uh, she was making about three to four hundred dollars a week in the late eighties. That was a lot of money. That's, that's as much money as I was making. Amen. As soon as we got in gap, I'm not even married to her. Quit. Right now. Quit. I'm not working there again. You go home. She was living in my pastor's house. I said, go home. Let Sister Diane teach you. 
I don't want you working. Why did you do that? Because I knew what the, see, I saw things yet not seen. And I knew that wasn't going to be the plan, amen, for my household, amen. And I knew that I'd get used to that income. Yes, sir. I knew it. Oh, yeah. I knew, I knew, I knew, I, oh, I, I'm, yeah, I, I talked to these uh, street preachers one time, and uh, they told me they went uh, on spring break down to Florida uh, in Fort Lauderdale, and they uh, you know, had pictures of them out there with these co-eds in string bikinis, and they were telling me they were sanctified. That's why they could do that. Uh-uh. No, no, I'm sanctified, and no, I'm not going out there. I'll wait till they put some clothes on and preach to them later. Amen. But you listen to me. That's what the problem is when you think too highly of yourself. I'm going to handle that. Later I'll change this. That's a bad pattern to follow. I knew. I'm not going to. We, we get used to that $1,200 a month. So, yeah. No, we're just going to make it on what I. And yeah, we ate tater tots. Kraft macaroni and cheese. Boxes and boxes. It used to be uh, you could go buy four boxes of Kraft macaroni and cheese for a dollar. Amen. We that's we ate a lot of that, but we didn't have any problem. Amen. With things that can happen with my wife working. Amen. I, I knew we had to live, uh, you know, within our means, or we're going to get in lots of trouble. Amen. Uh, people want houses and they want trucks and cars. And plots of lands. And they want them so desperate. And there's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves in God's timing. But listen to me. When you're consumed with something and you got your mind on buying, getting, and you can't talk about nothing but that, it's so consuming you, then you're, you're on trouble ground. Amen. You got something counts on your heart. Amen. In your spirit. And you'll talk yourself right into it. And then you'll sit down with other people and try to talk them into agreeing with you how it's God. Amen. No, you better be, listen to me, have a heart that's free from any idolatry that you're willing to hear. No, not now. Maybe not ever. Maybe later. But if you're not willing to hear no, you're not willing to hear what God has to say, then you can't hear from God. Anybody that's not willing to hear what God says, God's not speaking to them. You understand? If, if God knows, I'm going to tell Brother Brian to go yay or whatever. He, you have to go back to Iowa. I know he'd never want to do that. <laughs> if he's not willing to hear that, God's not speaking to him. I mean, he'd never be able to hear. Hey, Amen. You've got to be willing to hear whatever he tells you. And be willing to hear with a cheerful and a right spirit. Amen. Amen. If we're overcharged with the cares of this life, then we're going to be led into error. Amen. This is why, my brothers, it's so essential that we walk in the spirit in these last and dangerous days. And we cannot afford not to be spiritually minded, not even for a moment. Amen. Secondly, if we fear God... Then we're going to move. It says that Noah moved with fear. To hear God and to believe his warnings is to see what he sees, which is often what is yet to be seen. Amen. And that affects us. Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Amen. And that's not always speaking about natural vision, but spiritual vision even more so. It's going to affect the condition of my heart. 
in the spirit, hearing God's word, gives way to spiritual illumination and heavenly sight. If I can hear the voice of God, then I can see. Amen? If I can hear what he is saying to me, then I can see clearly. Proverbs, amen, we've heard it many times. Three, five, and six, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So remember our text, Hebrews 11 and 7, that comes from what is generally referred to as the Hall of Fame of Faith. Amen. It's considered the foremost passage in the Bible regarding believing and the results thereof. And so it is faith that precedes godly fear. If we believe him, it will provoke a godly fear. And godly fear in turn constitutes divine wisdom and understanding. Amen. And again, remember, one of the attributes we talked about uh, of wisdom is to avoid the error, even though we may not have the privilege of experience. In other words, we're leaning, we're trusting God, leaning on his understanding and his wisdom. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, or a wise man. He foreseeth the evil because God shows it to him. And hideth himself. You see, there's our ark, a place that we can hide. But the simple pass on and are punished. When God told Noah he would destroy all of mankind, that's a fearful thing to hear. Amen? And so Noah believed God. In other words, he, what God told him, he took that to heart. And because that, he feared. He acted like what you would expect someone to do or to act if they were told the whole earth is going to be destroyed, amen? He was motivated by that fear, that godly fear to move or to act upon that, amen? And so in these last and dangerous days, amen, days like the days of Noah, godly fear is still a good motivator, Now, I do believe that Christians ultimately and foremost should be motivated by love. We do what we do primarily because we love God. But we cannot separate the love of God and the fear of God because this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And Jesus and elsewhere, we are commanded to fear God. So if I love God, I must fear God. Amen? You can't separate those two things. But in other words, people say a lot of times, you're just trying to scare people. It'd be good for us to be scared. It'd be good for us to be a healthy, godly fear sometimes. That's a good motivator, amen? And it's still a good motivator. If we don't fear, then we don't believe, amen? Or we don't see. We're not discerning what God is communicating to us. When the Bible says these are perilous times, that's exactly what, this is a dangerous, dangerous hour. The president of the United States who's promoting, you know, gender confusion. I mean, this is, it's insanity. This is a dangerous hour in which we live. We need to hear from God. 
We need, amen, the mind of God, not just once a week, once a month, or in general. I know, amen, that, you know, smoking dope is wrong. Uh, even a sinner can know that. Hey, but we need to know the specific will of God for each of us each and every day. And again, that's something no one, nowhere can get from somebody else. You can only get that directly from God. But you must have that. Amen. His spirit, praise God, will give us light to discern the narrow way, the way of blessing through everyday life. And he will, amen, if we will allow him faithfully guide and funnel us into his perfect will, his channel of peace and blessing, even years in advance. When I look back on my experience as a Christian, I see so many decisions. And yes, you know, certainly major decisions, but uh, not just major decisions, but all sorts of decisions. I mean, you know, I could have, I was given the opportunity to pastor two churches. I thought I was going to go to Charleston. I, I thought I might go to Vicksburg. I might go to Ruston. Uh, I, I think about you know, having to sort through all of that and how God protected me, amen, and his hand was there to, you know, prepare, to lead, amen. Mo- moving here, we were, you know, a lot of people, you, know, you moved in the country because you just wanted to live in the country. <laughs> That's not true. I wanted to live anywhere where God wanted me to live. And really the country, I don't know if I was thinking how early on I began it, but you know, the first thing that happened in regards to the country is we're living in a neighborhood with children and we're just, we're getting ready to start a family and we realize, you know, if we have children in this neighborhood, they're not even able to go in the front yard. I mean, they're going to be these children that are all exposed to all the stuff we've got to protect them from. There's no way that we can live here. So now what I want you to see, especially you young people, we were making these sort of deci- I mean, life-altering decisions, not based on I want a little house in the country. We weren't even thinking. Just we need to get some space. We need to get a certain atmosphere so that we can raise children that they won't be influenced or corrupted by the world. I mean, these were you know, things that the Spirit of God was dealing with us about. Amen. Planning a church. I didn't uh, know that I was going to plant a church. And when God began to deal with me, the last place I thought I was going to plant it would be Woodville, Mississippi. And, uh, you know, I, it took me a little while to hear from God, but I finally did. Quitting my job. You know, the job that I had was a, a great job, especially at that time. Looking back, I mean, it's so God. But at the time, it was insanity. 3,000 people applied for that job as soon as I quit. Everybody at the plant thought I was crazy. My parents thought I was crazy. What are you going to do? I don't know. Trust God. Be a pastor. Well, you know, we didn't have enough money to, I think I had six children at the time. But, or five, whatever it was. But it, it was, it did not seem in the natural like the thing to do. But I, I didn't, now looking back, I, I, was, I could have never made the amount of money. There was a ceiling there. That was it. Going to make this much money? I couldn't have made enough money to raise eight children. Or we'd have had to, you know, really uh, 
make some changes, okay? So not only that, I were able to disciple and bring my boys with me and work and just working three days a week. Again, that was another thing. You know, these are things that God showed me before, before I ever cut any grass. You're going to work three days a week. That's it. So that I could pastor. I've never changed from that. Never wavered. I don't even work anymore. My business is still three days a week. Amen. That, you understand how God prepared? Because if I'm working now five and six, I can't pastor a church and do that. It was a law for me. We're not going to go anymore than three days. Again, I could have, if it rained or something, there was occasions where I could. But for the most part, three days a week is all I've ever worked. These are all decisions that were made a long time ago, before, amen? And, and you know, the thing about it is we didn't move out here for you children, amen? Uh, you know, we first and foremost, we moved out here because we felt like it was the will of God, amen? And so, but we did have you in mind. We wanted to, in, you know, basically pulling away from the apostate church and establishing a church that believed and practiced the Bible, amen, where you didn't have to fight the church to serve God. That's a terrible thing to be in. And that's what many people, they're in churches, they know they need to be in, but they have to fight the church, amen, to obey Jesus. We wanted to establish a church that wasn't like that, that like it was intended in the Bible to support, to encourage people, amen, to follow Jesus with a radical consecration, amen. And so, you know, we wanted to simplify. We, we, we moved out here with a purpose, amen. We, we didn't want closely aligned neighbors to corrupt. We threw out our TVs. That would be the same thing or equivalent to YouTube, Internet of yesteryear. Amen. We established order in the marriages and in the homes. There were no malls. There were no cell phones. There was no Internet. Life was gloriously slow. Amen. And that's what we wanted. I can remember moving here and after a little amount of time, my wife saying, just... You know, the malls and all the, just the city, the activity, I I can sense that I'm free. My mind is more, everything is just simpler here and and slower, amen. We had our King James Bible and Pilgrim's Progress on cassette. We had our Hosanna Praise music on cassette. We had the Moody Science and Mr. Fix-It videos, amen. My wife, amen, a dish rag in one pocket, a spatula in the other, a broom in one hand, and a spanking rod in her right hand. Amen. We, we established a church that believed the Bible, uh, no dividing of the family, no youth groups. Amen. We were running from a sinking ship. Amen. This was something that burned in our soul. We were, we were willing to order completely, reorder our lives to accomplish this. Absolutely. So you're born in this. But this is totally complete. It'd be like for you to say, I'm going to pack up and move to Japan. We, we were all in the city. You, you know, you think Mr. Earl and Jeremy, they, they moved out here because they wanted a pond to fish in. They didn't move out here for that. They moved out here because it was a spiritual choice. But it radically changed their life. Great sacrifice for them to do that. 
Amen. Or any of us that have done that. But those, you know, children that have been raised in this, this is just, you know, everyday fair. But you've got to recognize you need to, and granted, if you raise your family in this wicked and perilous time, and you raise your children godly, you are going to do, for the most part, what you saw your parents doing. Amen? But there are unique challenges that we never faced. There's decisions you're going to have to make that we didn't have to make. And you had to be willing to hear God. Amen? And you're not going to be able to be perceived as courteous and nice by the people on the sinking ship. I tried to be as kind as I could, but people would constantly. Now, they don't do that that much anymore, but years ago, it was constant. People saying little cutting remarks, trying to get you. You'd go into church service and try to come get your children. No, thank you. We, we have them stay with us. Oh, we have a wonderful children's church with veggie tails. Moses the tomato will be speaking today. If I, uh-uh, I'm not sending, I wouldn't send my dog in there. You know. But you had to be forthright to get him away from you. I remember that I went to the School of Christ. That was in 1999. Bridget was pregnant with Bethany, I think. Is that right? And really pregnant. Up to, you know, late. She was due beginning of December, maybe. Mid-December, something like that. And, it, you know, the school was running past. Well, we don't, we're not worried about that. Just, she wanted to come to the school? Come on. So she came. Uh, uh, you know, before, you know, you're there. You're in the cafeteria. All the older women, you know, all the women that worked in the cafeteria, they they giving me extra jello and you know, here's a muffin. They all loved me. But as soon as my wife showed up, and that, what's your, what's your wife pregnant like that coming over here? Because she wants to hear the word of God. That's why she's here. She's pregnant. She ought to be home. They started, you know, well, I, I said back, amen. <laughs> no, she's going to be here. God, God's going to honor that. And then she hear the word of God, she's going to stay right here. And, oh, they're just a big, I mean, all through the last week of the School of Christ, all this chatter about having my wife and my children there for the School of Christ. Just a different way of looking at things. Different priorities, amen? You cannot be, you've got to hold your position. You've got to believe what God has told you. And you've got to implement. You've got to have something to implement. In other words, the reason that I was so dogmatic, and again, most people think it's just because I'm mean-spirited. But that's not true. It's because I believe that God told me something. And if God told me something, nobody's going to talk me out of it. Amen? And when you, when God will speak to you and tell you this is the direction, this is the way, amen, it's going to give you confidence to stand. Amen? And that's what you've got to hear from God. And if you're afraid, amen, of seeing the future outside of God's will, then you're going to be motivated to move. Praise God. We're going to stop right here and continue to finish next week. Let's stand.